Group Session Fourteen Trixie arrived first. As she removed her jacket and scarf, she revealed her smooth fitting knee length dress that had a wide scooped neck. She liked the look of her decolletage in this dress and hoped Paul liked it too. She had styled her hair so it was loose and hung about her shoulders and down her back. She was back in her long boots. She looked dressed well enough to attend an event, like an opening at a gallery, she thought. She hoped to show Paul she would fit into his world if they had met anywhere else but here. The other group members arrived and gathered a place in the circle. Nova welcomed them all back and noticed Trixie's appearance had caught their attention. Wow, are you going somewhere after here? Tony asked. You're a knockout tonight, Trixie. Trixie felt herself wish she hadn't put so much effort into her outfit, makeup, and hair. She was overdressed and she felt exposed. Oh, I just needed a change. I get sick of wearing my hairdressing clothes and, well... Apart from my running gear, this was the only thing I had in my closet, Trixie lied. Helena smiled. Well, you look lovely, but you always do. I like your hair, too. It's so shiny and beautifully styled. Dolly felt herself become annoyed by the talk of how attractive Trixie looked tonight. I think you're all breaking the group rules, she protested. Tony looked at Dolly, surprised by her comment. What? What do you mean? Group rules? We're just saying how nice Trixie looks, like she's going out somewhere beyond here. Dolly looked to Nova for support, then back to the others. Well, Nova said small talk is not allowed in group, remember? She retorted as she looked back to Nova again for help. She wanted Nova to stand up for her. She didn't like feeling they thought she was complaining about Trixie simply because she was receiving compliments about her appearance. The group looked to Nova for clarification. Perhaps there's something else happening here, Nova asked them all. If you all just pay compliments about Trixie's outfit and moved on without wondering more, I agree, Dolly. That would possibly be small talk. But Trixie has just said she's sick of her usual clothing and is striving for something new, different. This might be more valuable for you to explore, Nova explained. Dolly looked back at everyone. See, I wasn't trying to be difficult. Nova agrees with me. No small talk, Dolly said haughtily as she clasped her hands together in her lap. Dolly, why are you so upset tonight? Helena asked. Dolly shook her head no and waved Helena's question away, not wanting to talk further. 
Dolly was furious with Nova. She wanted Nova to tell the group that she had been right, but instead she let them off with what she thought was weak psychobabble. Paul smiled at Trixie. So what's it like to be out of uniform, he asked. Trixie felt self-conscious. Well, when I left home, I felt good. I was happy to look different. But now I feel like an imposter. I wish I never wore this stupid dress, she exclaimed. An imposter, Paul said. That's interesting. I remember you talking about discovering before your breakdown you had created a caricature of yourself, a mask if you like. You said it was a sudden crisis point to see yourself looking back but feeling like it wasn't really you. I wonder if you'll have to wear many dresses to find what feels right so you don't replace one caricature with another, Paul asked. Trixie felt like she was suddenly bare in front of them all, naked. The dress hadn't acted as she intended. Through the week she had begun to fantasize what it might be like if Paul noticed her as different from the rest of the group. She wanted him to feel an attraction to her. Paul was so free with his interest in everyone, she was beginning to become more aware of his care toward the other group members. In the last session, when Paul had said her sister sounded great, she felt a pang of jealousy. She secretly wanted him to see her and tell her she was great, greater than her sister. She wanted Paul to say if only he had met her when he was 23, his life would have been different because she would have accepted him as he was, and that was all he needed to achieve a better life for himself, just like the one she had described her sister had. Trixie felt hurt. Her fantasy of being thought of as special by Paul was tearing itself from her. She now felt more like a subject for Paul to wonder about rather than a woman who he might wish for. Trixie had spent some time through the week imagining the girlfriend he told them about when he was 23 and the frustration she felt of him being unreachable to her. Trixie felt her deep-seated self fade out of the room. As Trixie retreated, her outfit, hair, and makeup stayed present for them all to see. Paul felt Trixie pull herself away from them all. We're all here to help you discover the authentic you, Paul replied, then added, and all the other yous that come before you find yourself. Reginald felt tense as he felt Trixie's attempt to present a different part of herself to them all. Almost as if she was showing a more desirable and available self somehow. Trixie was an attractive 30-something. Reginald laughed a little awkwardly as he wrestled down his anxiety. Well, I'm afraid if I had to make the same choice as Trixie and wear something new before coming here straight from work, I might lose myself altogether, Reginald shared. Why is that? Helena asked. Well, what would I wear? I mean... I think I may very well become unrecognizable to you all, Reginald shared. I think my suit is how you identify me. Actually, Paul might say, this is part of my currency, and my suit is my uniform, just like Tony's scrubs are to him. Well, Dolly interjected, 
if the general thinking is that we're all wearing some kind of dress-up or uniform, I suppose that must mean you're in uniform too, Nova, Dolly exclaimed with an accusing tone in her voice. Nova raised a brow of interest in Dolly's direction as she nodded. She was interested in the shift Dolly demonstrated, moving her attention away from the group members as she began to fill the room with a combative tension. So, Nova, who exactly are you when you're not here? Dolly asked as she looked at the group, as if leading them all in a pseudo-protest. I bet you're not so thoughtful all the time, she said almost haughtily, wanting Nova to explain herself. Nova noticed the group shift their attention to her. Dolly had created an escape for them all from the group dynamic. So, Dolly, I'm hearing a number of things you're touching on, Nova replied evenly. The concept of the uniform is something quite interesting for us to wonder about, as there are many, many aspects to this. Our uniforms, if you like, are built on a foundation of internal and external factors. It's a part of our identity we share with the world. It helps our connection to others and helps shape and express our social and personal identities. Nova noticed everyone listening as Trixie started to reappear. And yes, Dolly, I agree. I too have clothing that is part of a spectrum of styles expected of my field, professionally and personally. Nova continued, You also say, You bet I'm not so thoughtful all the time. Yes, of course, this is true. I'm not always thoughtful. And finally, you asked, who I am when I'm not here. Nova attended to each part of Dolly's challenge. I think this is an interesting question to put to the group, as it is a very significant part of what you're all exploring tonight, your identity, Nova replied. Although the group thoughts were redirected back to exploring something more with each other, the dynamic synergy continued to struggle Nova was careful not to rescue the group, preferring them to find their way back to flowing with each other. Self-identity and the group identity as a whole needed all their attention right now. The group stayed silent for a moment as they wrestled with the clunky dynamic and attempted again to find a particular rhythm through syncopation. Helena felt her annoyance rise. Dolly, I don't like the way you just spoke to Nova, she called out, breaking the silence. Dolly looked back at Helena, frowning. What? What did I say wrong now, Helena? Dolly shook her head dismissively at Helena. Helena suddenly felt uncomfortable and self-conscious. Well, you could have asked Nova your question a little more, oh, I don't know, politely? Helena looked about the group, hoping to be joined by the other members. I just think you sound like you're accusing Nova of something. That's all. Helena finished in a quiet voice. So what are you saying, Helena? Paul asked. You think Dolly doesn't trust Nova? Helena looked at Nova and felt caught trying to protect her from Dolly. 
Oh, I don't know what I'm saying to tell you the truth. I guess Dolly triggered me. Dolly laughed. Well, the truth comes out. Dolly laughed again. Here we have Exhibit A, Dolly said as she opened her hand in Helena's direction. Helena has just shown us all how she jumps to people's defense instead of letting them speak for themselves, Dolly scratched. Why are you attacking Helena? Trixie asked, then looked to Paul, hoping he would agree with her. Paul felt awkward as he sensed a pressure from Trixie somehow to side with her. Whoa, I'm not taking sides here, Paul said, putting both hands up in front of his chest, resisting. I'm with Paul, Tony called out. Well, Reginald, Dolly barked, whose side are you on? Reginald felt his anxiety rise deep inside him with a confusing mix of loyalties. He wasn't sure if he should be protecting Nova right now. He wanted to say he was like Paul and Tony and didn't want to take sides. But he needed Nova to tell him she was okay. He had a rush of fear that he may be risking Nova closing the group down because of Dolly being rude to her. Actually, Dolly, I don't know what to say. I just want us to stay working together. What's happened anyway? Why are we splitting up? Reginald asked before turning to Nova to see if she was angry or upset in any way. Then turned back to the group. Can't we all just get along? I don't want Nova to leave us because we aren't grateful for her help, Reginald pleaded. Nova leaned in. I see there are ripples and ruptures appearing here tonight. I wonder what any of you might be thinking about this. Tony raised his eyebrows. It feels like we're having some kind of falling out, but I don't know why. Then Tony smiled as he turned to Trixie. See what happens when you wear a glamorous burgundy dress, he laughed. Trixie smiled a little at Tony as she felt herself fully present now. Well, I don't think I should be taking all the credit, Tony, she laughed. Paul nodded at Trixie, pleased to feel her again. Exploring yourself with each other in this group is not easy work, Nova shared. I think it might be useful to wonder a little about identity and identity crisis as a concept at this time, as you're all working through aspects of knowing more about your unique way of being in the world. Nova felt the group come together as they listened. We're born with an identity that is projected onto us as an infant. We learn the blueprint our families hand down to us, right, wrong, or otherwise. As we grow and have many other influences that impact our understanding, experiences, education, and social interactions, to name a few, we come to challenge this blueprint of values and beliefs. There are so many developmental stages we move through as we sculpt ourselves as we grow. Nova was interested to see six individuals listening instead of one group. The group had split. In very simple terms, there is a theory you may wish to think about. For example, some individuals foreclose on their identity, meaning if they try to live true to the person they've been told they are, usually by one's parents. Typically, by teenage years, there are many more influences in one's lives, and we may then experience an identity crisis as we push against who we have been prescribed to.
to be. We call this identity diffusion. We may change our style, tastes, beliefs, and attitudes many times as we group with peers, seeking out who we are and where we belong. By early adulthood, we may experience another big shift in our identity as we begin to put greater meaning and thoughts to what we believe and who we are. We may even feel it necessary to shout it from the rooftops as we begin to want to tell the world who we are. We will call this identity moratorium. Nova could see the group now sharing their experience of something new together, as she continued. And finally, we have what one might call identity achievement. Of course, we continue to grow and change over time, but very often we have discovered a foundation about ourselves that will largely stay the same over time, no matter how our more superficial tastes change. I can see you all seem quite interested in these concepts of identity. Does anyone have any thoughts? Nova asked the group. Dolly folded her arms in front of her. Well, we are who we are. I haven't changed ever since I was a kid, Dolly told them. I don't agree with you, Dolly said, pursing her lips. What? What don't you agree with, Dolly? Paul asked. Well, Paul, we can't just throw a dart at a board and decide who we want to be. You get what you're given in this life. That's part of the problem with everyone these days. Everyone is trying to be someone they're not, Dolly replied in a clipped tone. But what if your parents get it wrong, Trixie asked. What if they are projecting who they want you to be, and then they spend your life convincing you not to be you? Dolly turned away from Trixie as she looked at Reginald. Well, Reginald, who do you believe, me or Nova? Dolly asked directly. Reginald felt a panic well in him. Well, Reginald said, as he looked about, not quite sure what to say. Dolly, what's wrong with you tonight? Helena asked. Dolly turned to Helena. What? Nothing is wrong with me. You sound angry with Nova for some reason, Tony joined in. You've been snipping at Nova all night. Reginald looked at Nova to see how she was coping with Dolly's challenge. Reginald, you seem worried, Nova shared. You said earlier you felt like this group was splitting up. And further, you shared a concern. I might leave you all if you didn't show a gratefulness toward me, Nova continued. It's not necessary for you to show me gratitude, Reginald. Nor is it necessary for Dolly to agree with me or even be happy with me tonight. Your transference of me abandoning you or this group is more about your own internal concerns and unresolved abandonment fears. I will work with you all as long as you want to continue working together in this group. I'm sure there have been times when each of you have been less than happy with me or even angry with me. Our work is in understanding why and where these feelings originate. We're working to unpack all that is transferred, projected, and the like. But also, as Dolly pointed out earlier, I'm not free from making mistakes, wandering down the wrong path, or simply not being thoughtful enough. However, there is no risk of me abandoning you all for sharing your feelings 
including disappointments of what you hope from me, Nova said, looking to them all. But don't you get upset, Nova? Trixie asked. Nova wondered. Hmm, what might I get upset about, she asked. Being attacked, being told you're wrong, people being rude, you know, just people in general, Trixie replied. Nova lifted a brow and nodded. Well, of course there are places and spaces that we all converge on with strangers that may be less than helpful in our lives at times, but we find a way to negotiate these experiences so that they don't become negatively impacting on our day-to-day life. But in here, all the bumps and ruptures in dynamics are fascinating clues for us to consider more fully for greater insight and liberty to express oneself. So instead of being under the radar, Paul interjected, we can be more present with each other because we feel safer that we won't be abandoned for finding out more about ourselves and being our greater self. Nova nodded. I think that sounds like something this group is working hard at achieving, she said. Reginald sat back in his chair and exhaled deeply. Phew. I was feeling really concerned before. You know how much I don't want any of you to leave, but I was really starting to feel like you might shut this group down. Thanks, Nova. I feel a little more secure now. Tony turned to Dolly. So are you okay, Dolly? Dolly looked at the group, then at Nova. Well, I'm starting to think this therapy doesn't work, to tell you the truth. I think it might cause more problems than it solves, she said critically. Oh, Trixie replied. So something is happening. Your life is getting more complicated, she asked. Dolly shrugged. Well, things might not have been perfect before, but at least I had some idea about what was going on at home and at work. And now, well, I just feel like shit all the time, Dolly said, blaming Nova. You know, when I first saw myself in the mirror after such a long time, Helena continued as Dolly listened with care. This might sound stupid, but even though I saw an older me, I can also now see the young me the me before all the codependency. But still a part of me wants to run back to the family home. In many ways, it's more comfortable than how I am now. But it was an empty life. I was just going through the motions. Every day was predictable, every conversation, every mess I had to clean up. But I'm realizing more and more why I'm here. I want me back, the real me, Helena shared. Dolly looked about the group with tears welling in her eyes. I just want things to go back to normal, that's all. I don't feel I can control the order of things. No one is listening to me, Dolly felt scared. But isn't that the same way you felt when you first introduced yourself to us all, Paul asked. You told us no one listens and you were sick of yelling and screaming at everyone all the time. You wanted to get to deeper things. Well, maybe this is where you need to be. Letting go of controlling everyone and everything, Paul asked. Dolly felt her lip tremble a little. It's okay for you, Paul. You have no responsibilities except for painting another picture. I can't afford to fall into self-wonderment. Stuff still has to get done, you know. Trixie nodded. 
Dolly, I wonder if you're scared of a complete breakdown if you loosen your control too much. Dolly felt a lump in her throat. Well, I don't think I'm going mad like you did, Trixie. Dolly choked out, trying to find her anger for support. I would never try to kill myself, she jabbed. Trixie nodded, feeling okay. Well, if you're not going mad and you're not going to kill yourself, what have you got to lose? Can you let go of ugly Dolly? She asked, feeling courageous now in her burgundy dress. Dolly understood, and the group did too, as they sat with each other in all that had been explored tonight. Nova sensed the group's cohesion was back as they sat with each other's fears, support, and curiosity to know more about their lives. Thank you for tonight's work, everyone. Nova signaled the end of group. Next week is a public holiday. I'm happy to work through it, or would you prefer to wait, she asked. Nova could see everyone was tired, and they agreed the next session would be in a fortnight's time. (laughs) 